0: Hi, my name is Tammy, and this is Let's Talk About Grief. So I am a bereaved mom. That's not what defines me, but it it is absolutely a part of who I am now. So almost five years ago, December 26th of 2014, my daughter was with her boyfriend and they were on their way to get a tripod for the camera that she bought her boyfriend for his, uh, for his Christmas present. And they wound up hitting a car that was coming in the opposite direction. They were at a light. He supposedly had the right of way. They think they had the right of way. Um, they hit the front of that car, and then another car hit the passenger side behind my daughter. They spun, started spinning, and then when they came to a hard stop, they hit heads. And that's how my daughter died. Well, that's how she got her brain damage. And they believed that she was said that at that time, Um, I was away with my husband and my daughter, other daughter, my younger daughter. We had gone to Connecticut. My younger daughter had a hockey tournament, ice hockey. And I got the call at a quarter to two in the morning, and I was told by the police that I needed to come home, that my daughter was in an accident, she was unconscious. I tried to ask questions but they really wouldn't answer. They just said that I had to get back. So we arrived at the hospital at about five o'clock in the morning on the 27th. The next day they declared her legally dead, which was my younger daughter's 16th birthday. That Monday, we took her off life support. She donated organs. Tuesday, I was making arrangements for her funeral. Wednesday was her funeral. It's, it's the kind of pain that you cannot describe. Um, losing a child is the worst pain that you can go through. It's the worst loss that you can go through. And people are very understanding at the beginning, they really are. They are very supportive. My community definitely rallied around. Um, they were there. We started shiver. We had an amazing amount of people in the house for those three days. Everybody was there. Everybody came to be with us. I honestly couldn't tell you a lot of what happened. I cannot remember it was such a whirlwind and I'm very grateful but then as time goes on I would say the support and the people that are there it definitely dissipates greatly and people are understanding for a period of time but they're not understanding for a long period of time. And then, of course, you have the people that avoid you because it's such a horrible thing that's happened to you. They don't even know how to talk to you. They don't know what to say to you. They're afraid to bring up your child's name. They're afraid to speak about them. They don't want to upset you. They don't want to make you cry. They say stupid things. They tell you to be strong, which I have to tell you, telling a bereaved parent to be strong is probably the one of the worst things that you could say to them because you have no choice. Listen, I had to be strong. My I had my younger daughter. My husband was not in a good place for a very long period of time and so I had no choice, I had to be strong. I had just started working as a civil servant that March. I didn't have a lot of time off. You literally get five days, five days of bereavement. It's crazy because it's nothing. They gave me another week under the radar and so after two weeks, I went back, and what did I do? I was at work, and I cried. Every day that I was there, I cried, all day long. You know, it was it was just so difficult. And then you know, pe- the, you know, it was people are talking about their children, and especially the person that I worked with, that made it difficult. She talked nonstop. That's for another time, but. People don't know what to say, they don't understand. You're gonna cry regardless because I think about my daughter all the time. You know, you saying something to me is not making me sad. I'm sad, I'm sad, I'm sad all the time. I mean, honestly, as time goes on, it does get a little less raw. I have to say the first few months I think you're in such shock. And then all of a sudden in the fourth month, from what we realized in my household, all of a sudden the reality set in. And then it's, you know, events. I had already was, I had, you know, it had happened around Christmas time, so I had, was already going through that. But in February, my daughter, who was 19 at the time she died, would have been 20 in February. And then there's more holidays, and then it's Mother's Day, and then it's Father's Day. And then before you know it, the first year has gone by. So you've gone through all your firsts. And then the second year comes and the second year is kind of even harder and why is it harder? It's harder because it's, like, I think it's the reality. It's the reality that now they're really not there. They're really not there. And I know that it sounds crazy, but there was so many times at the beginning <sighs> through that year, I would all of a sudden, like, like my breath, I would just go, oh my like, this realization that she's not there. And and that would keep happening. And even though it sounds crazy because you you know that they've passed, but still there were times that it would just take my breath away, like to all of a sudden realize again and again and again, hey, my daughter is not here. She's not coming back. She's not with us. And so you talking to me about my daughter, really, it's, it would make me happy. A bereaved parent wants to hear about their child. They just wanna know that you're not forgetting about their child. They wanna hear their child's name. They wanna hear stories about their child. So, no, you're not upsetting me. You know, I'm, I'm gonna cry regardless. I still want to hear those stories. But the thing about grief is that nobody really wants to talk about it. It's taboo in a way. It was like when people used to whisper the word cancer, they'd say cancer instead of cancer. But I mean of course now we have cures for cancer and if we catch it early it's okay. So now people could say the word out loud. But but now, grief, I feel like, is that word. Grief. We have to, like, say grief. You know, she's grieving. I literally had somebody that I bumped into in the grocery store. Like, when she saw me, she was holding her stomach. And the look on her face, and I turned to my daughter after, and I said, "Did you see that?" It. It. She. She was so scared to to talk to us, and so like, "Oh my God, what do I say? What do I say? How about just say hi? How's everything going? What's doing? What are you up to?" Just. You know, there was a period of time originally when people would say, "How are you?" And I'd be, at first, and I'd be like, what do you think I am? You know, I wouldn't say it to them, but that's what I was thinking inside. I was thinking, why are you asking me that? So, and most of the time I would say, okay. And now, I'm st- when people are asking me, I'm starting to say good. It's a rough time right now because it's the holidays. It's coming up to five years, her five year anniversary from when she died. And so it's a really, really hard time now. And when you feel sad or you start, you, you hide it really as a bereaved parent because people stop being there for you and they kind of they've moved on and it's I guess it's it's normal. They they're gonna move on and they, they think that you have because you keep going forward. Most of the time, there's people that just crawl up in a ball and I don't know if they ever recover from it. But I had to be strong. I had to push myself. I had to be a present mother for my daughter. So I had to keep pushing myself. And so you learn to really kind of hide how you're feeling. So times when I feel the tears welling up and I feel like I'm just gonna cry, I'm I'm like, oh, no, you can't. You have to hold it back. So there's only certain places that you feel safe to cry. I feel safe to cry in front of my hairdresser. I feel safe to cry at the nail place. I feel safe to cry in front of my family, although I don't usually do that. But you definitely feel certain places that you know it's okay to cry there but just not everywhere so people learn to move on or they don't learn to move on you have to learn to move on and they just kind of fall away but this is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast I want to start talking about it I want other people to talk about it. I want to talk about the rules and regulations of grief, as funny as that sounds. I just want people to know that it's okay. I don't want people to shy away from people that have lost, or even even if you've lost your mom. And it's not a competition. You know, people will come to me and, they're kind of embarrassed to say how, how sad they are that they've lost their mom or their parent or something. And i I s I've said to someone, it's not a competition. Your loss is your loss. I know that mine is is a very, very painful loss, but this is painful for you also. You know, but I have to say that, you know, although you'll always grieve your parents or you'll always be sad that you've lost your parent, if that's the kind of relationship you had with them. It is different because a child loss, you feel like your guts have been ripped out of you and a piece of you is missing and that's just not something that you will ever get back. It's just something you have to learn to live with. But I don't want people to not talk about grief. And so that's why, again, I am doing this. And I'm hoping to talk about different subjects related to child loss and maybe other losses in my upcoming podcast. So I hope that you will like what I'm doing. And I hope that you will listen. And hopefully we'll be able to be in a situation where I will have the equipment to be able to talk to people. I would like to try to have people come in and talk to me about how they feel about it and what they're going through. And we can have better dialogues and more open dialogues about grief. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you very soon. Have a good day.